0: I spent most of the day yesterday watching the confirmation hearing for Katanji Brown Jackson for the Supreme Court Justice position. Now, every time I see this woman, I'm more impressed. She's immensely qualified. She's brilliant. She's squeaky clean. And she knows how to hold her emotions. And she had to work pretty hard at it yesterday. Because you see, all these old white Republican senators were doing everything they could to undermine her, to shake her up, to make her mad, to make her say things she doesn't want to say. But here's the deal. Katanjay Brown Jackson just looked him in the eye, stared him down for a minute, said what she needed to say in a completely measured and controlled fashion. And she knocked the legs out of every one of these white dumb fucks. Oh, they were upset. For whatever reason, they don't particularly like Katanji Brown Jackson. I don't think it's about her... legal ability. I think it's the fact that she's tied to the Democrats and the liberals and all they want to do is own fucking liberals. They don't care if nothing gets done. They don't care if it's right or wrong or truth or lies. It's all about owning the Democrats. And all the time they're doing that, they're doing you and I and all of us in America a fucking disservice. This woman is probably the most qualified nominee in my lifetime, if not in history. The idea that she might not be a Supreme Court justice is absolutely ridiculous. And I'll tell you, she will get confirmed. There is no question about that. She'll even get some Republicans voting for her, so she will be confirmed. But these people were trying to do everything to make her look dumb. They spent most of the day talking about one court case where she was a judge. It was a child porn case, and they picked that because uh, that's going to get sound bites. Now, the defendant here was an 18-year-old kid. He found some child porn online, and he passed it around. This is an egregious crime, and this kid, regardless of his age, should be punished. Now, Ketanji Brown-Jackson has some guidelines she has to follow when it comes to sentencing. And guess who gives her those guidelines? Yep, Congress and the Senate. They're the ones that decide what Ketanji Brown-Jackson can sentence anybody. And there are parameters. You can be on the high end or the low end. But it's perfectly within her purview to pick what she wants to do based on the information of the court case. Now these white republicans are mad about that because they don't think they gave or that she gave this one kid enough time in prison. Well, you gave her the parameters. You made her a judge. She had the choice to sentence this kid any way she wanted within those parameters. But here's here's the crazy thing. That's all they got. That's all they got on Katangi Brown Jackson. These are the same people that interviewed Brett Kavanaugh. Here's a guy that had legitimate accusations against him as far as sexual abuse. But they didn't think that was a big deal. No big deal. We can't believe the Democrats are making a big deal about this. So you're telling me you're really worried about child porn with this 18-year-old defendant, and you don't think she gave him enough time. Well, Jesus Christ, you took a sexual abuser and you made him a Supreme Court justice. (laughs) I think maybe we ought to take a look at some of our senators and decide if they're making the right choices in the circumstances they're in. Now, as I said, Ketanji Brown-Jackson will be confirmed. There is no question about it. And she is so bright and so qualified, I wouldn't be surprised if down the line she doesn't end up being the chief justice. She probably should be. Very smart. A very credible lady. Anyway, we're going to get things started here. Of course, I have an email. I have just one email, but it's a longer one. And I'm going to read that, and we'll address the email. This is coming from a woman by the name—well, I'm not going to give the name. She doesn't want me to give the name. That's fine. Good afternoon. My husband and I were in Green Valley, Arizona at the same time you were in Phoenix. It was a beautiful trip. We had a fantastic time. Stayed in a fun hotel full of old people like us, LOL. My husband and I try to get out and walk on a regular basis. So we got out early and walked a couple of miles. Just down the street from our hotel was a bunch of Trumpsters with signs and flags and chanting. Yeah, big surprise. extra of all items for anyone who wanted to waste their morning, and it was perfect weather, harassing motorists and pedestrians. When we passed the first time, it was nice. Good mornings. However, on our way back, the numbers went from 3 to 7, so they were louder and prouder, screaming in our ears, Let's go, Brandon. (laughs) They're so hilarious. My husband stopped and turned around and said, I am going. Hey, how did you know my name was Brandon? (laughs) Of course, that's not his name. They were so obnoxious that it was funny. So we got back to our room and I took off my sun visor and realized I had on my rainbow sun visor. (laughs) I bought it on a trip 10 years ago. So back then I had no idea that rainbows were in support of LGBTQ plus community when I got it uh, until a student told me. I said, well, I like it even more now. So I guess I triggered the Trumplican snowflakes with my choice of headgear. One of their signs said something about Trump turd being an anointed by God. It was kind of crazy. I enjoy your podcast and your TikToks. Please don't use my name. Thank you. I won't use your name. I doubt if I gave them your first name, anybody would track you down. But if it makes you feel better, I won't give your name. And you know what's funny? I only saw a few of the Trumplefucks when I was in Arizona. I didn't see any groups gathering or anything like that. And uh, I know my wife uh, had we run into any Trump she would have winced at that moment. <laughs> She'd be saying something to herself like, Please don't say anything to him. Don't say anything to him. Because she knows once they say something to me, then it's over. Then they're going to get an earful. I don't go out looking for trouble. If you want to have signs of Donald Trump being anointed by God, and look stupid doing it, that's up to you. That's fine. You can fucking do that. But don't talk to me. Don't lie to me. Don't try to feed me bullshit because I'm going to question your veracity and I'm going to put it to the tests. (laughs) Anyway, thank you very much for the email. I'm glad you had a good time in Arizona. I did too. We were with some friends and uh, we had a good time. It was just a Tough trip back with being bumped off of uh, flights, but, you know, we got backed, and that's part of the deal, so we just kind of deal with it. Now, I have a question. Where the fuck is Clarence Thomas? Now, he went into the hospital with flu symptoms on Friday. They said it was no biggie that he'd be in and out and he'd be back working again. Well, as far as we know, he's still in the hospital. Nobody said he's been released. I'm also hearing that he might be on a ventilator. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I hear. He's missed three oral arguments, and nobody's talking. They're ta- asking the Supreme Court, what's up? What's going on? What's going They won't say anything. Well, let's see. He's without question an anti vaxxer. I'm sure of that, based on his wife and some of the things he's said. He's got flu like symptoms and he may be on a ventilator. That may sound like COVID to me. Maybe it's something else. He is 73 years old. That's not that old, but who knows about what kind of health conditions he's in. Now, I'm not saying I wish ill will on anybody, but I'm not going to cry about it if something happens to them. Because then they'll bring in another Democratic Supreme Court justice, and now the split will be 5-4. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I just find it weird that nobody's talking about it. If things were going well, they'd be ranting and raving about it and say, oh, well, he's back. He's working hard. He's fine. But the fact that he's not back, that he's not working, and nobody wants to talk about it, well, I find that a little troubling, at least for him. It's a little hopeful for me. <laughs> now I said I wouldn't wish ill will on somebody, but uh, I got to be honest, Clarence Thomas isn't my favorite person. His wife, Jenny Thomas, I hate even more, and between the two of them, I think they're a scourge on society, and if they... um. Disappeared. I would be fine with it. Talking about people disappearing, let's talk about Paul Manafort. He was the uh, campaign manager for Donald Trump. He got in trouble. He got arrested. Then he got pardoned. Well, Paul Manafort was stopped from boarding a plane to the UAE, Dubai, um, because he had a revoked passport. <laughs> I wonder where the fuck he was going and why he was going. I think he may see some things in the works, and he's not going to like the way it turns out. Get the fuck out of Dodge so he doesn't have to be accountable for as many crimes. I mean, you remember he was tied to Russia and he was tied to the Ukraine thing, and now how all this is coming apart, he's going to be exposed for his part that he played in Russia's plans to invade Ukraine. He's going to be exposed for his part of the deal. And ultimately, Donald Trump will be exposed as well. So things are looking a little scary for Paul Manafort. Better get out of the country. Nope, you can't. (laughs) Now, here's a guy that tried to disappear, and we can't get rid of the fucker. So let's just put him in jail where he belongs and forget about him. We're talking about some of the Trump acolytes. Now they're starting to back away from Diaper Donnie a little bit. They're finding out that they are likely on the hook for crimes they committed in support of Donald Trump. Trump had supported Mo Brooks in his upcoming election. Well, then Mo Brooks is getting primaried by a number of people. And of those people in the Republican primary in Mo Brooks's election, who's the incumbent, Uh, There's maybe six or seven people going against Mo Brooks. (laughs) And at this point, Mo Brooks is number three. So he's not even going to get into a runoff. So Donald Trump says to himself, well, I don't want to be tied to a loser. (laughs) So he pulled his support from Mo Brooks. He said, yeah, I'm not going to support him anymore. I'm going to support the winner because I want to look good. (laughs) Now, so now Brooks is mad about this. And if you remember Mo Brooks, he was one of the inciters on January 6th. He's the one that stood on the podium and talked about fighting and all this stuff and claimed he wore a bulletproof vest. Oh, he's a tough guy. He is a fucking tough guy. Well, now Mo Brooks is talking about Donald Trump. Now that Donald Trump has dissed him and took away his support, now Brooks is talking. Now, he might be talking for another reason, too, because he was part of this whole insurrection group. We know the select committee has a lot of evidence and no doubt has some evidence on Mo Brooks. So what Mo Brooks did, he did an interview. And in this interview, he said uh, that Trump asked him to to rescind the 2020 presidential election, immediately remove Joe Biden and hold a special election to get him back in office as president. Now, one of the things you always hear about with this insurrection stuff, or overthrowing the government, it's a matter of intent. Did he understand what he was doing? Did he mean to do that? Well, that sentence right there pretty much nails it. Yeah. Donald Trump knew what the fuck he was doing. He knew what he wanted to do, and uh, he's guilty of a crime. Now Brooks told him that he couldn't be, that it couldn't be legally done the way he laid out. But he was still trying to push him and and, and push the big lie. Well, now he's basically saying, yeah, the big lie is a bunch of bullshit. Really. Why were you at the January 6th insurrection then? Why were you trying to incite these people to overturn the election if you think the big lie was bullshit? Look, I question whether you're being honest with us here or not. I don't think you are. Well, Mo Brooks is one of many people that are going to start defecting from Donald Trump. We're getting closer to some of these court cases, especially with the insurrection. And a lot of these people, like I said, are going to be on the hook. So now they're trying to think, well, if I back away now, maybe I won't get in trouble. Maybe if I speak badly about Donald Trump, then they won't come after me. Sorry, you're fucking too late. They're coming after you. You did what you did. You broke a law, and you're going to be likely indicted, prosecuted, and convicted. Now was not the time to defect from Donald Trump. That would have been about a year ago, and you probably would have saved yourself. But you thought that Donald Trump was going to win. You thought you were on the right side of history. Turns out you were on the wrong side of history. So fuck yourself. You know, I'm convinced you know, when watching the Katanji Brown uh, confirmation hearing, I'm convinced the Republicans have painted themselves in a corner, making it very difficult, if not impossible, to make hay and gain any ground in the November midterm elections. I know everybody's saying well, the Republicans, historically speaking, will win the midterms. Yeah, historically speaking, that's maybe true. But we're seeing times now that we've never seen in history, so that's not a good comparison. As I watched Katanji Brown-Jackson's confirmation, I made a realization, an epiphany, if you will. The Republican Party, for whatever reason, hates women. And they are doing everything they can to alienate women. Just hear me out on this. They are attempting to steal a constitutional right from women. They're trying to reverse Roe v. Wade, even though it's been considered settled law for decades. And more than 70% of the people in this country agree with Roe v. Wade. But they're fighting against it. They're trying to do everything they can to overturn the election. Now, when Brett Kavanaugh was going through his confirmation, as I said, he had credible accusations of sexual assault, and they didn't think it was a big deal. But when questioning Ketanji Brown Jackson, they tried to shame her for the treatment of Kavanaugh. They were trying to blame her for how Congress treated Brett Kavanaugh in his hearings. Well, she had nothing to fucking do with that. And then all they did is ask ridiculous questions, uh, uh, and, and it looked—it was almost sad. They would look pitiful in what they were doing here. Republicans want to discredit, dismiss undermine the very rights of women. Republicans just don't like women. And here's where the problem with that is. They're pissing off people of color, the Republicans are. They're taking away constitutional rights and alienating women, which make up probably 50% of this country. Then you throw in the people of color. They're making this party exactly what we always thought they were, a party of old white men problem is is we're running out of old white men and the old white men in the republican party that we have now are fucking crazy they're fucking crazy and there are a lot of people out there that are worried that these crazy people will end up being the candidates for whatever position senate the house governor's whatever and you're worried about that because you're afraid that they are going to win But I'll tell you this, I hope every Republican candidate is a crazy like Donald Trump or Mo Brooks or Lauren Boebert. Because the fact of the matter is, these people are being exposed for who they are. Nobody in their right mind would vote for them. It's going to make it that much easier for the Democrats, and that's why I believe the Democrats will prevail in the midterms in November. I know you're going to say, well, 71 million people voted for Donald Trump. Yes, they did. But since that time, there's been a lot of exposure of crimes by Donald Trump, by his administration, and by people in Congress. These fucking people are saying some crazy shit. Now, the 71 million people that voted for Donald Trump weren't necessarily all Trumplifucks. These were people who voted Republican because they always voted Republican, because their dad, their grandfather, their great grandfather all voted Republican, and they could never in their wildest dreams think about voting for a Democrat, because they were against everything that Democrats were for. Now, so they voted Republican. But back in 2020, there wasn't quite as much known. In fact, the the whole brainwashing thing with Fox and OAN and Newsbacks was going strong. But that's starting to break down a little bit. A lot of these people that voted for Donald Trump never heard the facts or the truth. Had they heard the facts and the truth, they couldn't in their right mind vote Donald Trump or any of these other fucking crazy Republicans. Well, now, all that information is coming out. And while there may be Republicans that only vote Republican and will not vote Democrat, here's what's going to happen. They're not going to like the way the Republican Party is looking. And if their only choice is to vote for crazy people, they probably just won't vote, which is fine. The fewer Republicans voting, the better. As it is, the Republicans have a hard time beating Democrats. There's just more Democrats. So for me, I would love to see all these crazy fucks running as Republicans because I honestly believe they are going to lose and lose in a big way. And I think Mitch McConnell understands this. You see how he's trying to step back from some of these crazy claims and some of the behavior from his Senate people and uh, and uh, of the House of Representatives. He's trying to step away because Mitch McConnell is smart enough to know that uh, this is not a way to win elections. People are getting hip to the conspiracy theories and how they're bullshit. People are getting embarrassed by the things that some of these idiots say. There are going to be Republicans right now that are embarrassed by the behavior of the U.S. senators, Republican senators, in this confirmation hearing with Ketanji Brown. Now, Dick Durbin is a senator, a Democratic senator, and he's kind of handling the ray here the confirmation hearing, and he steps in and corrects the lies by the Republicans from time to time. But a lot of people think he should do it more. But I think that he is doing the right thing. Let these fuckers talk. Just like Donald Trump, the more he talks, the more he kills himself. And that's what these Republicans are doing. Think about this. All this stupid shit that Republicans are saying at this confirmation hearing. Imagine this. Those sound bites will get replayed, but they will be in commercials pointed at the November midterm elections, and they will be for Democrats. They're going to further expose the idiocy and the ignorance of these Republicans. They are going to look stupid, and somebody like Mitch McConnell knows they're going to look stupid. And it's not going to do well with the midterms. People have had just about enough of the ignorance, the racism, the misogyny, the anti-Semitism, the white supremacy. And this whole idea of dissing 50% of the population when it comes to women is not a good thing. There's a lot of people of color out there that look at Ketanji Brown Jackson as a hero. And it's an important moment in our history Even though I'm not a person of color, it's an important time to me in our history. This is a first-time thing, a black woman on the Supreme Court. That's a fucking huge deal, especially when she's so qualified to be there. These people are trying to do anything to undermine her. And the people of color that see this will say, fuck you. We're not voting for you. You're trying to hurt us. And even the white Republican people will look at this and say, yeah, this is a bridge too far. We can't we can't accept this. We can't have these people representing us. They can't continually embarrass us. We can't have them there. So all that you see going on now, the confirmation hearing, some of the investigations, we've got TV hearings coming from the select committees next month, and that's going to be fucking crazy. And then you've got Joe Biden handling the Ukraine situation and handling it very well. I mean, no other president has been able to pull together NATO like he has against one common enemy, and that, of course, is Vladimir Putin. Not so much the Russian people. They don't seem to be bad people. But Vladimir Putin is the bad guy here, and everybody in the world knows it, and everybody in the world is against it. So are you telling me some moderate Republicans or uh, some moderate Democrats are going to say, "Well, Joe Biden, what has he done?" Well, he's done a lot, and with this Ukraine war, he's going to come out of this looking very good because I think it will. There'll be a lot of death and destruction, but it will come to an end without the crazy tragedies, the nuclear war, or anything like that that people are worried about. They'll be able to shut this down, and he will be part and parcel uh, part of the reason why Vladimir Putin goes bye-bye. And make no mistake, the only way things change here, and they will change, is when Vladimir Putin fucking leaves. By hook or crook, if you know what I mean. So... Things are looking good for the midterms. The Republicans continue to embarrass themselves, and we'll see how long their constituency is willing to go along with the embarrassment. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. So President Biden is in Europe. He's in Brussels, and he's there to uh, be part of a summit with NATO leaders and then the G7. And it's— It's going to be broadcast on TV. It's going to be worldwide. And we're going to see what these folks are thinking about doing with this Russia-Ukraine war. I mean, this is a scary thing for the entire world. We've got somebody like Vladimir Putin rattling sabers about the possibility of using nuclear war. And let's be perfectly honest. You have to kind of take it seriously. This is a crucial moment in time. When you're talking about the possibility of nuclear war, that's pretty much the end of everything. Nobody in their right mind would ever enter into a nuclear war willingly. I know America won't, and I'm pretty sure Russia won't. But you never know, so you have to be cautious. And these people are getting together. These people from all over the world are getting together to figure out what they need to do. Now, this is meant to send a message to Vladimir Putin. There's a real concern that Russia will use chemical weapons. They've done it before. And at this summit, NATO will, be, will say to Putin that even though they have not gotten into the war directly, they're not fighting alongside the Ukrainians. Should he resort to chemical weapons or possibly nuclear weapons, this will change the response to the war. They will stop short of saying that they would get involved in the war, but that's what they're inferring. You know, this is a game of chicken. Vladimir Putin says, if you don't do this, we'll do that. And the intention is to get people to back down and say, okay, don't do that, we'll give you what you want. Now, NATO and America and Joe Biden are doing the same thing. They're not telling them specifically what they will do, but they're saying you use chemical weapons or even nuclear weapons. That changes the whole thing. At this point, we've been kind of hands-off. Yeah, we're giving them weapons and uh, military equipment and all that sort of thing, but we haven't got into the war. And let me tell you, Vlad, if the United States and all 30 NATO nations get together and go after the Russian military, well, that's going to be a fucking problem for the Russian military. I mean, the Russian military is making no headway against Ukraine. Can you imagine 30 countries coming in there with planes and troops? It won't take long to wipe uh, Russian troops the fuck out of Ukraine. Again, the only problem is, the possibility of World War III and nuclear war. Because if we get to that point, it's all over. Everybody knows that. Anybody in the right mind would never enter into that situation. But we don't know that Vladimir Putin is in his right mind. Or at least that's what he wants us to think. You see, I I think there's kind of a ploy here. Uh, Maybe he is diminished mentally because of his age or because of sickness, But even if he's not, he's kind of playing the same game that Ronald Reagan played. Remember, Ronald Reagan came off as the tough guy, the cowboy. I don't give a fuck about anything. We'll tear your head off if you do something to us. And you remember when we had those uh, hostages in Iran, they were there for 444 days. And the moment Reagan became president, they let him go. And some people think it's because they had no idea what the fuck Ronald Reagan would do. I mean, he was an actor. He, He's now president, and he seems to be a little bit crazy. He likes to be the tough guy. He likes to be the cowboy. Now, I don't know if that's the whole reason why the Iranian uh, hostages were let go. In fact, there's some talk that they were um, the, Russian, or the Russians and, or, I'm sorry, the Iranians and the uh, Reagan people were talking ahead of time and they worked out some kind of deal to make it look good for Reagan by getting them released. I don't know, he promised him something. And we know with Iran Contra and all that sort of thing, Reagan was willing to do just about anything to make himself look good. But with Ronald Reagan, people were unsure. And the thing that people fear the most is uncertainty. If you don't know what's going to happen, that's what scares you the most. And I think that Vladimir Putin understands this. He's a master manipulator. And if he appears to be crazy or willing to shoot off some nuclear weapons, that may strike some fear in people. And in fact, it does. Now, this threat by NATO saying, we're this way they now, and we're not involved in the conflict. But if you use chemical weapons or nuclear weapons in Ukraine, our stance is going to be totally different. Again, they're not saying what they're going to do. But it has to be different. It has to be totally different if that's what they're going to do. I mean, you can't let this chemical warfare go on or the possibility of smaller nuclear warheads in Ukraine. I mean, Vladimir Putin's losing this war. There is no fucking question about it. He is losing the war. Now he's getting very desperate. He's got to try to figure out some way he can win this war. But all along, he's been losing the war. He tried to bully the folks by putting 200 troops at the border of Ukraine. He thought they'd fold up and die. They didn't. So he steps into Ukraine. The moment he did that, he did something he didn't want to do. But instead of backing off, he just doubled down. The moment it took more than three days for them to overtake Ukraine, that was a failure. That's what they expected it would be. But now we're a month in. They've lost They're saying NATO is saying now that Russia has lost 15,000 troops in this fight. They've lost hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of military equipment planes, helicopters, uh, tanks, boats, military equipment. That is a fucking huge failure. They're running out of supplies, and they're literally only a few days away from not being viable anymore. And I got to think, that's kind of a scary situation. (laughs) I mean, you think about it, you got all these troops and all these weapons and all these tanks and such in Ukraine, but nothing's moving, because there's no food, there's no fuel, there's no ammo. What happens when they all run out of fuel, ammo, and food, and they're just stuck right there? These Ukrainians who are fighters are going to say, well, wait a fucking minute. These guys can't do shit. They can't even run. So let's go after their ass. These people might end up being sitting ducks if they aren't given proper food, fuel, and ammo. Out of ammo, out of gas. They're just sitting there, and the Ukrainians are going to go kick their ass. And Vladimir Putin knows that, so he has to make these threats because he can't give up. He can't step back. He's got to double down, triple down, quadruple down, quintuple down. That's all he knows. That's all he thinks he has left. Well, there is some problems going on in Russia right now. Joe Biden announced that he is issuing some more sanctions now, these sanctions are going to go against lawmakers in Russia, the government. Now, people are going to say, why, why the fuck would he do that? What's that got to do with anything? He sanctioned everybody that has a lot of money. Now he's sanctioning lawmakers. Well, you got to understand the plan here. There's only two groups of people that can knock Putin out of his position. And it probably will take both working in tandem to get that done and that is the Russian government and the Russian military. They can mount a coup of their own, and they'll probably be successful. And that will be the end of Vladimir Putin. We are coming to the end of the Vladimir Putin era. Make no mistake about that. A year from now, Vladimir Putin won't be there. God knows where he will be. Now, we've heard talks that he's taken his family, his mistress, and sent them to a bunker in some other country. Don't know where that is. We've heard some rumors, but there's been no proof of that. But he knows something's coming. Now, some people are saying, well, he's doing that because he's going to use nuclear weapons. No, he's not. He's not going to use nuclear weapons. There's no way he's going to fucking do that. That is absolutely crazy. He knows it's crazy. He knows it's a no-win situation. And even if he wants to do it, there are plenty of people in Russia that have a little power that are going to try to put a stop to it. And again, if he gets to that point, that might accelerate the point when... uh, the Russian military and the government say, all right, fucking enough is enough. Because these people don't want to die, and they know they will if they get in a nuclear war, and they'll do something to get his ass out of there. And I think Vladimir Putin knows that his days are numbered. Now, what they will do with him, who the fuck knows? But that kind of country and that kind of government, it's not surprising that they might just fucking kill him. Somebody will kill him. I mean, they love poisoning people. They got Navalny because he was an opponent of Vladimir Putin. They poisoned him, and he didn't die. So because he didn't die, they put him in jail, and now they just sentenced him to nine years. I don't think Navalny's all that worried about it, though, because he knows Vladimir Putin's time is short. And as soon as Vladimir Putin's gone, Navalny will get the fuck out. He'll be out of prison. Who knows? He may be up for one of the people to run the country. I only hope that when Vladimir Putin is gone, there isn't somebody worse behind him. It's hard to imagine that there would be somebody worse than Vladimir Putin, but that's distinctly possible. Now, with this threat about chemical war and nuclear weapons and such, this threat from NATO, the G7, And from Joe Biden saying, look, if you use that stuff, we're going to look at this different. You could be in trouble. We don't know what that is, but presumably they would get involved in the war. So what does Vladimir Putin do in that position? Well, based on history, he'll just double down again. He'll probably throw some little bit of chemical warfare out into Ukraine just to say, see, I don't have to listen to you. But the question is, what will be the response? They haven't said specifically what the response is, but in that case, they have no choice. If he starts using chemical weapons, that could impact some NATO countries. It's all about how the wind is blowing. It could even go into Russia. So they're going to have to do something. That's why they said what they said. If he does double down and put chemical weapons, weapons to work in Ukraine that could, that could, uh, speed up his exit because shit's going to go South very quickly. They are not going to allow him to use chemical weapons in this situation. Certainly not nuclear weapons. So basically what NATO is saying is yes, Ukraine is not a NATO country, but if you commit these war crimes, we're going to fuck you up. And in fact, uh, NATO and all of these countries have said what Vladimir Putin is committing war crimes. So it's feasible that he may be, be uh, tried for that in an international court at Hague, at the Hague. And um, he could be jailed over it. Now, some people say to me, well, how are they going to get him to the Hague to try him? Well, if he's already been kicked out of uh, Russia's power spot— it may not be as hard as you think. Of course, if he's dead, he won't be tried, and that'll be fine with me. Uh, there, there was a quote one time, and I and I hate to be, I hate to be somebody who is espousing violence because I don't. But there was one gangster I think in the thirties, and maybe it was later than that. And somebody said, "Did you shoot some people?" <laughs> And he said, I didn't shoot anybody that didn't need shooting. (laughs) And I got to be honest with you, if there's anybody in this world that needs shooting, it's fucking Vlad Putin. He's killing people by the thousands, innocent people. If this guy was tried in a court, he could be tried for murder, which would put him in jail forever or executed, depending on where he might be. He's committed war crimes. People have said that. And so he needs to be punished accordingly. If we're lucky enough that Russia does the punishing, all the fucking better. The bottom line is we're getting closer to the possibility of nuclear war, but I don't want you to worry about it because I don't honestly believe that's going to happen. That's the fear Vladimir Putin wants to put in your mind, but... That's not going to happen. There's too much involved, and there's too many people that have to do the right things to get it done, and it's not going to happen. There is no way anybody wins a nuclear war, and everybody knows that. And nobody is suicidal in our governments. They're too narcissistic. They're not going to kill themselves. So there isn't going to be a nuclear war. Okay, so this last story. This one, to me, is troubling, and I've talked about it before, and when I talked about it before, I really didn't know all the facts. None of us knew all the facts. There was some uh, suppositions, there was some speculation about what it all meant, but there was no proof of what it meant. It could have been any number of things. I thought it could be a couple of things totally opposite of one another. But unfortunately, we're finding out now that the worst possible situation is exactly what's going on. You'll remember the story about two prosecutors from the Manhattan District of New York. Cyrus Vance was the district attorney in the Manhattan District. He started an investigation into the Trump Organization and Donald Trump himself for fraud in business, tax fraud, insurance fraud, and bank fraud. Now, when this started, there's already been some indictments. They indicted the Trump Organization. They indicted the CFO. Regardless of what happens into the uh, uh, the uh, Manhattan District and the DA, Those things have already been sent to the Department of Justice. That is going to go. That's not going to stop. But the question was whether they were going to indict Donald Trump, which is a stupid question. Donald Trump's company didn't involve a lot of people, and we know that Donald Trump had his paws on everything that his organization did. So, Cyrus Vance started the investigation, and he hired two high-powered prosecutors. One of them, Mark Pomerantz, who's well-known, well-respected, and quite successful as a prosecutor. Now, Cyrus Vance retired on December 31st of 2021 then Elvin Bragg was elected to the position of the district attorney in the Manhattan District. Now here's what happens. Once Elvin Bragg gets in, he then uh, suspends the grand jury. They had grand jury. uh, You don't don't know what's going on in the grand jury because it's all secret, but they were bringing evidence uh, for Donald Trump. They've already done the Trump Organization and already done the CFO, but now they were dealing with Donald Trump. So Alvin Bragg suspends the grand jury, and then Pomerantz and the other lawyer decide they're going to resign. Now, everybody thought it was because Elvin Bragg was not going to prosecute Donald Trump. He didn't think he could prosecute Donald Trump. Now, that was the speculation, and everybody was in an uproar. But then there were some other options that, well, he just wanted to put his stamp on it. He got rid of the prosecutors and brought in his own prosecutor. We didn't know which one was the truth. Well, sadly, the worst of the two is true. Mark Pomerantz's resignation letter was leaked, and he stated exactly why he was resigning. And the first situation was why. He said that Elvin Bragg has decided that he was going to pull back from the prospect of indicting and prosecuting Donald Trump. Now, when it came out before we saw this resignation letter, uh, Elvin Bragg said, Oh no, 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 we're we're still prosecuting, we're still working on it. In fact, I hired a new prosecutor. See so he's a new elected official. He's really concerned about what people think about him because he wants to get reelected. But Mark Pomerantz somehow gets this letter out, this resignation letter, and he basically said, Look, we had a DA, the previous DA, Cyrus Vance, has looked at all the evidence. He instituted the grand jury. He felt like we had enough evidence to go after and prosecute Donald Trump. Mark Pomerantz himself in this resignation letter said that Donald Trump has committed multiple crimes and they have the evidence and they're ready to go to court. But then Alvin Bragg comes out and says, yeah, I don't know. We probably won't prosecute Donald Trump. And that pissed off the uh, two lawyers, of course. They put in a lot of work. They believed this guy should be prosecuted. And now we have this prosecutor who's acting like a tough guy and says, yeah, we probably won't prosecute Donald Trump. So they fucking resigned. They put in all that work. They did their job. They found the evidence. He should be prosecuted. But this guy says, uh, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Now, I was hoping against hope that wasn't the true story, but now that we see the resignation letter, we know it is in fact true. And that is troubling and kind of concerning. This letter verified what we feared most. Mark Pomerantz said in the letter that Donald Trump is guilty of multiple crimes and they have compiled the evidence. The previous DA, Cyrus Vance, believed there was enough evidence to convict Donald Trump, so he initiated the grand jury and started the process to ultimately indict and prosecute Donald Trump. Then Alvin Bragg took over the DA position. He suspended the grand jury and said that he wasn't sure if he was going to go forward with the grand jury or the prosecution of Donald Trump. I said that twice for a reason. There was some question as to what was really going on. People feared what I just stated, and other people, including me to a certain extent, was hoping against hope that it was not quite that bad because we hadn't seen the resignation letter. And they weren't going to let us see the resignation letter, if you remember. Now, in my mind, this seems a little fishy. This seems to be a problem, how could two DAs, two district attorneys, have polar opposite opinions on the very same case with the very same evidence? That doesn't make sense. It sounds fishy. Did Donald Trump and his people get to uh, uh, Elvin Bragg and give him some money under the table and says, No, nah, nah, don't do this. Or does Donald Trump have something on Elvin Bragg and says, If you do this, I'm telling people. Or is none of that true? Is it that Alvin Bragg is just uh, a coward and he's afraid to get into that Donald Trump thing because he's afraid he will look bad doing it? Well, it turns out he'll look bad if he doesn't do it. Now, the case could be referred to the Southern District of New York or the Attorney General. What they could do is say, we're not doing anything with this. We'll refer it to the Attorney General, Letitia James, or we'll refer it To the Southern District, and they'll go after him. Now, I think that Alvin Bragg has to make that referral, and if he doesn't, then it just dies on the vine. Here's the deal. This is the state of New York. A lot of us that don't live in New York are outraged by that. But we don't really have any pull because we don't vote for the district attorney in the Manhattan District. We're just people out there on the outside looking at this, thinking it's something weird, something fishy. But there's not much we can do about it. Except bitch and complain and keep it in the forefront of the media so that it embarrasses Alvin Bragg. I mean, keep in mind, I said he's an elected official. He's all about his own perception. If at some point he thought he would look bad by prosecuting Donald Trump, well, that's been switched around. And that may have been the strategy of leaking this resignation letter to verify that Alvin Bragg was thinking twice about prosecuting Donald Trump. Because he is an elected official and because he's all about perception and keeping people happy, maybe Pomerantz thought by exposing this, this will add more pressure the other way, forcing Elvin Bragg to pursue the prosecution. Now, the only reason he would decide not to prosecute him is because he was afraid about the PR, that it would be bad or that he might fail. Well, Mark Pomerantz and Cyrus Vance both feel that there's enough evidence to win this case. So that embarrassment isn't really there. I mean, it doesn't make sense that they'd be worried that they'd lose that case. It's a tougher case than than the CFO and and, and the Trump Organization. But <clears throat> it sounds like they have more than enough evidence. So did they do this so that Elvin Bragg decides... Well, the pressure's coming the other way now. Maybe I better prosecute it. Maybe it was a little bit of a manipulation by Mark Pomerantz. Maybe. And maybe it'll work. I mean, as elected official... You don't do anything that has to do with right, wrong, truth, or lies. All you do is whatever's going to get you elected. And if he starts getting heat about not wanting to prosecute Donald Trump, well, then he's probably going to prosecute Donald Trump. My point here is the people that can cause the most problems for him, that will be the most persuasive in changing Elvin Bragg's mind, are the people of New York, the people who vote for the district attorney in the Manhattan District. So we need outrage. We need uproar. We need protest. We need complaints and media against Alvin Bragg from the folks in that area. Because that's the one thing that's going to get him to turn his head and change his mind and change his path and actually follow through with the investigation, the indictments, and the prosecution of Donald Trump. Again, Cyrus Vance, the former DA, thought it was a good bet. The prosecutors that they brought in and they hired think they had all the evidence and it was a good bet. Elvin Bragg is the new guy, probably doesn't want to step in it early and make himself look bad. Well, by not doing it now we will make him look bad. So theoretically, that should probably change his mind. And if it changes his mind, then that prosecution will go forward. And if the prosecution goes forward, he's going to have to work work his ass off to win that fucking thing because he needs to look good. It's a sad state of affairs in this country where all that matters is getting reelected. Justice isn't a thing anymore. I mean, we saw it in the Katanji uh, Brown-Jackson hearings. All these people on the Republican Party's side um, asking these stupid questions. And uh, I think uh, Representative, or Senator Patrick Leahy, he's been in D.C. for 48 years, and he was appalled by the behavior of the Republican Party. He says these people are only looking for sound bites, TV time, exposure, because they want to run for president or get their Senate seat back. And that's exactly what Alvin Bragg is doing. He's worried about how he will look. It's all about getting reelected. It's not about what's right or what's true. And that's the sad state of our government system right now. Our elected officials have no integrity, have no credibility. All they care about is themselves when they've been hired to care about this country and do something for the people of this country. It's a sad situation, and this is something that's all over the place, all over the country, from local government all the way up to federal government. That's what we need to change, and I hope this leak by Mark Pomerantz, his resignation letter, is the thing it takes to get Elvin Bragg back on board and do the right thing as opposed to whatever he thinks is going to get him reelected. Because I tell you right now, with the outrage he's going to feel about not prosecuting Donald Trump, he's going to have to change if he wants to get reelected. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you very much for spending your time with me, giving me an hour's worth of your time to just sit and listen. If you have questions, comments, or complaints, you can send an email to me directly at uh, rationalboomer at gmail.com. comes right to me. I will read it. I'll either answer you in email or or answer it on the show. If you don't want your name mentioned, please tell me that up front because I won't mention it if you don't want me to. And if I do mention your name, it will only be your first name. So don't worry about it. I'm not going to expose you to whatever trouble might befall you. should somebody hear it that knows you. But the odds of that are probably pretty slim, too. Anybody that would be mad about something you would say would certainly not listen to this fucking show. (laughs) It would just make them angry and lose their shit. And it's not like TikTok. I don't have a lot of trolls coming on this podcast. In fact, I've never gotten an email from a troll. So I don't think you have to worry about people that don't think like us listening to this show. I don't want them here. And they don't seem to be showing up. All right. Anyway, thanks very much for joining me. Have a great day. And we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.